You're listening to Gaijin. This may be your first time listening to an episode of Gaijin, and you're probably asking yourself, what is Gaijin? What am I listening to? Who is this guy, Jeffrey? And why does he keep calling everyone a hot mess hero? Um, I can do some explaining. I'm so glad you asked. Let's start with why I decided to create Gaijin. There weren't many examples of gay Asian America or gay Asian Americans in media or in the history that I studied. And I found that it was due to discrimination that exists for many people who have intersectional identities. Gay Asian Americans belong to two communities, the gay community and the Asian American community. And Racism in the gay community and homophobia in the Asian American community marginalize gay Asian Americans. So much so that gay Asian Americans sometimes don't feel fully included in either one of the communities where they are supposed to feel a sense of belonging. Their identities existing in the overlap of these two communities sometimes render them invisible. And as someone who identifies as being a gay Asian American, and as someone who's desperately tried to search for this community, I found that examples have been absent. I knew that I had to respond by making my story and perspective visible to record my experiences Jeffrey's experiences to start giving light and voice to a part of this community. I also knew that since we don't have examples of gay Asian Americans prominently featured in history or in media, people will frequently project their stereotypes and perceptions and put labels on us when we ourselves as gay Asian Americans haven't created the representation of gay Asian America. I knew that it was important to define Gaijin for myself and for ourselves by giving voice to the way we see ourselves, to recognize the way that others see us, and to create the common language that will build community between us as gay Asian Americans. Gaijin, the podcast, is about sharing my everyday lived experiences as a millennial gay Asian to first and foremost build gay Asian America alongside all of you, but also for you, the listeners, the hot mess heroes, the allies, to find similarities between your stories and mine. Telling my lived experiences helps me and you give voice to an otherwise invisible community. And for all of you listeners and hot mess heroes, you may identify as a gay Asian American or you may not identify as such. You may be an ally to this community. And even though you're not a Gaijin, you still have a story that is not known to others. 
is invisible to others and maybe even invisible to the community that you belong to, I hope that Gaijin can prompt you to start telling your stories and to empower you to express yourself, even expressing the parts of yourselves that were hidden from others, because those parts are beautiful. So why Hot Mess Heroes? Why are Gaijin listeners called Hot Mess Heroes? Well, just hearing the mission of Gaijin and what the podcast is meant to be and meant to do, it's, uh, it's work. It can be serious, political, and exhausting work to fight for representation by sharing intimate personal stories requires a lot of reflection and that may not always be fun um the work may not always be easy but a hot mess hero is someone who can work hard and play hard a person who as a hot mess hero once said and dm'd me Someone who can work for the people and party with the people. Someone who is an active contributor to the community, but can also finish a bottle of wine on a Monday night. We need to find balance in our lives in order to sustain the movements that we contribute to and believe in. We need to take care of ourselves in order for us to show up consistently. And sometimes that self-care can be a little silly. Um, it can be a little party. I mean, when this is over, we're going to have a hot mess hero party. I can guarantee you. Um, but we need to have fun. In order for us to be serious about the work that we care about so much, we also need to be able to have fun. And so, hot mess hero, I know that you like to have fun. And even though our company Christmas parties aren't going to look the same this year and we can't get sloppy at them, we can still get sloppy at our Zoom holiday parties um, <laughs> or not, whatever you choose to do. But the work doesn't have to always be a fight without the fun. I also want us to recognize that identity, and I definitely said this on the first episode, what is a Gaijin? Go check it out. But this work is messy. And sometimes we make messes and sometimes we'll make mistakes. But we can always bounce back. We can always move forward. And we can recognize that we were messy and we made mistakes. But that doesn't make us a worse person. It just makes us human. So I will say this one last thing about Hot Mess Heroes, and one of you actually DM'd me this as well, but Hot Mess Heroes are the best type of people, and I truly believe that. So thank you for listening to me talk about why Gaijin, why Hot Mess Heroes, and let's move on with today's show. This week's story is about an interaction with someone at work that didn't feel so great, so I decided to say something. And I discovered that it was important for me to get to the root of my feeling. That story and that revelation coming up next. 
Hey, Hot Mess Heroes, do me a favor. Want to share the knowledge, wisdom, and truth dropping on Gaijin? Screenshot yourself listening to Gaijin on your mobile device and post it to your Instagram story tagging at Gaijin Podcast. I know that you want your friends to become hot mess heroes, so get them over to the podcast. All right, this working from home business, we talked about it on the last episode, but it's triggering. It's causing a lot of feelings to kick up inside of us because other people who we're interacting with via Zoom, via video conference call, phone call, chat, Slack, all of it has been incredibly overwhelming. And the feeling of working with colleagues in this moment can feel incredibly transactional. And I don't know about you, but I definitely don't vibe or feel motivated by transactional interactions. I don't feel motivated when someone is purely reaching out to me just to get something from me, to ask me to do something. And we as teammates or as colleagues don't have a relationship. I started working for this new job right before the pandemic hit. As I mentioned before, I work for five different schools. And as you can imagine, right now, it's absolutely insane. <laughs> and it's been tough. It's been difficult. And I know that many of you are dealing with this same situation in which your relationships at work are actually non-existent or compromised and the way that you interact with people at work is purely transactional. I have some colleagues who will reach out very directly in emails or in chats that are one sentence asking for something and then I'll go ahead and go do it, whatever it is that they ask for. And then there are some colleagues who will chat and say like, oh, hey, like, how's your day going? And as soon as you say like, my day is going well, it just opens the floodgates for them to just ask things from you. Um, that happens to me all the time. It's like, hey, how's your day going? How are you? Um, can you get me this? Uh, and that doesn't feel great either. I mean, I'm glad that people are trying to make the effort to make some small talk before um, asking for what they need. But those are the only two interactions I'm I'm getting at work. And it can feel like my value is what I can give people. And my value is about what people want and need from me. And I think working from home, working remotely, and only being able to interact online without having the casual spaces to build relationship is amplifying feelings of discontent, exhaustion, and burnout. And I wish I had an answer for all of you, uh, but I know that some of you are also dealing with the same thing. And I think we can only really go back to our practice of uh, not really caring <laughs> or putting up the boundary around allowing in other people's energy, allowing in other people's toxicity, allowing in other people's sense of urgency because they're constantly anxious about getting something done. 
I'm curious to know also how you have maintained healthy, friendly, cordial relationships with colleagues where when you talk, it doesn't feel like another meeting on Zoom that is exhausting. I wonder about setting up time on Zoom or Hangouts with a colleague to not have a meeting, but to schedule in time to just talk over Zoom, just to check in, just to say hello, just to get a life update. Um, I never really thought I'd be into that. Um, I don't know if I am still, but (laughs) at the end of the day, it's like, I don't really want to be in another Zoom meeting. (laughs) Um, I just want to turn this computer off. But something changed this past week. Something kind of shifted my beliefs around that and about how you can engage with colleagues and coworkers in a productive space that makes both parties feel and be seen as human beings. Hey, Hot Mess Heroes, make sure you're subscribed to Gaijin on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and turn on notifications so you know whenever a new episode drops. Also, follow Gaijin Podcast on Instagram at Gaijin Podcast. It's the best place to interact with me and other Hot Mess Heroes. I'm working with a team cross-functionally and we meet once a week. And during these meetings, like sometimes I, in all honesty, I really don't want to attend them because it becomes a meeting where we're literally creating a laundry list of things to do. And sometimes it feels like we're just making up more work. So I I walk into this meeting and it begins like every other meeting that we've had with this team where Jeffrey, you do this, and -and so-and-so, you do that, and -and so-and-so, you do this, and to-do after to-do after to-do, and I'm going to go back to it. The transactional feelings between colleagues right now is amplified by the absence of real relationship between people. You don't see them. You don't know who they are. All you know is that you need something from them and they need something from you. And that is not the healthy basis of a team. And because of this new experience of working remotely, that work of bringing people together to see each other as people, to create bonds and trust and relationship needs to be done more intentionally Because right now, the context doesn't allow for that naturally. So we're sitting in this team meeting and we're firing off asks from each other. Um, But as we did that, I, I had some clarifying questions about what was being asked. And I've had a lot of trouble in the past speaking up. And during those times, my heart would race. I'd feel lightheaded. I'd feel scared to say anything in fear of what people would think of me. I mean, you know this about me already, Hot Mess Heroes, and if you haven't, then please go back and listen to the previous episodes because I talk all about that. Um, But I had some clarifying questions, and during this meeting, I asked the question about how are we going to do this task? What would we need to do in order to make this happen? And... 
the person who supervises me immediately said, well, that's common sense. And I was taken aback. I was, I, I was taken aback. I was kind of like, ooh, that did not feel great. Um, that stung a bit. Common sense? Okay, two things. The first one is there is implied meaning when someone says that's common sense. Secondly, and I could go on for hours about this, but a lot of practices in organizations, including my own, are pretty confusing and backwards. And so my intention for asking this comment was to clarify and cut through the noise. So at the end of the meeting, I felt really upset. <laughs> I, I, felt, I felt really wronged by what had been said. And I knew that I wanted to say something like common sense. Like I was thinking to myself, like common sense, like what even is common sense? I was having these like Socratic seminars in my brain about that doesn't mean anything. There is no such thing as common sense. Common sense doesn't exist. How could you say this? Especially if where we work right now doesn't operate on common sense. The rest of the day, I, I really was racking my brain and stewing and trying to figure out how I was going to express what I was feeling to this person and how I was going to make them feel bad for what they had said during the meeting. Work ended and I didn't get an opportunity to call this person and instead I went to therapy. Thank God. Thank God I went to therapy and I wanted to tell my therapist exactly what I was going to say to this person the next day. Um, my therapist and I talked about it and and he was like, dude, this is this is actually like the perfect uh, example for you. My therapist said there are so many parts of the story that perfectly align to your triggers. Number one, being called out in front of a group of people may have brought you embarrassment or shame. And number two, someone saying something that implies that you don't know what you're talking about can also make you feel hurt. <laughs> and it was like a light bulb went off. I was like, oh my God, yeah, that's true. And that conversation with my therapist helped me become aware of the underlying feeling that was manifesting as anger. And so my intention and motivation for having the conversation with this person was no longer about righting a wrong or making this person feel small or just being upset and lashing out in a way that would hopefully bring me some catharsis or relief. It was more about just expressing how the comment made me feel because this person may have not even intended for the comment to make me feel hurt and I didn't want to carry around any feelings of resentment. So the next day over FaceTime, I called this person and I said, that comment made me feel hurt and embarrassed in front of the team. The person actually responded really well and they were really open and admitted that that wasn't what they were trying to do and at the time wasn't aware of the impact of the comment. And they apologized and they 
said that they were going to talk to some of the other people at the meeting who heard the comment to take responsibility for its impact. And I was blown away that that was the response because it helped us develop trust as colleagues, but also that there are people who are bold enough to take responsibility for the impact of their words. I think growing up in a very strict household where you had to suppress a lot of your feelings, and if you did communicate how you were feeling, you were punished for it, taught me that it was wrong to bring up how you felt. And what life has shown me time and time again is that was the wrong lesson. That is something that I had to unlearn and continue to have to unlearn every day. But what was taught to me was not right. It was actually the opposite way of living and communicating and interacting with others. That healthy relationship building requires uncomfortable conversations that express how you feel honestly and openly. And this example with this colleague and other examples in my life continue to teach me that who cares what other people will think or say? Say your truth. Express how you feel. But make sure that you've put in some reflection to get to the core of your feeling and to get to the truth of it. Because if you're just stewing in anger, well, that anger is coming from somewhere and it's most likely coming from hurt or sadness. So what is it that is making you feel hurt? What is it that is making you feel sad? And start there. Start from that place of honesty rather than lashing out because you're simply angry. That's not to say that there isn't a place for anger, but use your feeling of anger as a prompt to stop and reflect and figure out where it's coming from and how you can then respond from that place of truth. You know, I always would tell my students, especially my middle school students, that when you're angry, just get more curious. Become a detective when you're angry and try to figure out where it's coming from. And when you can figure out where it's coming from, then it's like you're at a fork in the road and you can see more clearly that you have choices you have choices in how you're going to respond to this moment and this feeling, and you can decide where you want to go, but you can't get to that fork in the road if you haven't stopped to get more curious about where the anger is coming from first. I'll also say, don't beat yourself up for feeling angry. Everyone feels angry, and it's okay if you find yourself upset if you find yourself reeling in an emotion because of a moment or an interaction that made you feel hurt or sad, it's okay that you were feeling angry about it. And in lots of ways, you're right to feel that way. You are. So don't blame yourself. Don't feel bad about feeling angry, but know that you have a choice for how you're going to respond. 
So to close off the story with my colleague, we made amends and then we actually scheduled in like a Zoom coffee, which is something that I'm not super up for, just to talk about the stuff that's going on in our lives. So what we ended up talking about was the new season of The Bachelorette, because let's be honest, that's the only thing right now that's like happening in our lives that's bringing us some joy and excitement. So it was it was cool to just bond about that um, and just to move forward. And I wouldn't have gotten there if, number one, I didn't trust myself enough to decide to speak up for how I was feeling. And secondly, that I identified exactly where my emotions were coming from and when I communicated them it was more honest than communicating just simply anger all right hot mess heroes thanks so much for listening to this episode of Gaijin uh, if you made it with me this far like you are a ride or die hot mess hero I know you're here for it Thank you for making 2020 an interesting yet incredible year for Gaijin Podcast. I will be back in January for new episodes. So until then, have a great holiday. Get some rest. Spend time with the people that you love. I will see you next time. Bye.